Welcome to the Ether. Today is Sunday, July 24th, 2022. Today on the Ether, Cosmos Spaces, Cosmos Potluck featuring Psy Network, hosted by Cosmos Haas. Let's take a listen. What up, Dan? What's going on? What's going on? <laughs> Nothing much. Just getting in. Word. I went out. To, yeah, I went out. I, I never go get donuts, but I wanted a, my wife wanted a donut really bad, so I went and got some, a couple donuts. So That's good. amazing. That's a Sunday morning tradition in my family. Oh, man. It's so great. Uh, <laughs> I only have one, though, man. I can't. I, I'm trying to cut back on the sugar. I swear, like, once I... Just sugar makes me feel so old if I, like, have too much of it. My body just starts hurting. Like, every body part. <laughs> Pleasure of getting older. You're showing your age, man. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> Sitting on the computer. Uh, we got, um, Sitting on the computer. We're gonna have some more of the state team coming in here and we'll we'll bring them on up. Yeah, we got Philip here. Um and we'll get um we'll get Jay and, and we'll get Sison as well. All right. Yeah, we'll let the room fill up a little bit. Usually everyone starts to come in a couple of minutes after. So where where's the where uh is the team from for the most part? I think you told me this already, I just can't remember. All over the place. Yeah, yeah, we're a little scattered, scattered, but um, a lot of the engineering time side is uh, in San Francisco. Of course, the the uh, the Mecca. Exactly. Yeah, most of the engine team is based in a separate town. We also have people in other pockets of the U.S. Um, so New York City is another big hub for the team right now. Let me see if anyone from the space is wants to host, just in case you can help me out. If not, I can have I guess one of you guys co-host. Yeah, and if that's the case, I'm happy to do so. Um, this would kind of be more of an engineering deep dive. And we have uh, three of the Rockstar engineers on the state team up here on speaker panel. I definitely don't claim to be um, uh, that, that level of gig of brain. So uh, I can also help kind of facilitate. Yeah, not a problem. Let me just see. I just asked them if they're going to co-host. I see Terra, Terra Space is in here. They always record as well. So appreciate that. Just in case we get rugged. That's because Dorsey's gone full down, full blown uh, BTC Maxi. <laughs> he, he smells that there's a Twitter Spaces that's not exclusive to Bitcoin, and he uh, he pulls hijinks. <laughs> awesome. So, what are your thoughts on the uh, market right now, just in general? I mean, as far as say goes, that doesn't really nothing changes. Um, we're full speed ahead. We're focusing on getting uh the chain to market and we're focusing on getting a really big ecosystem of DeFi products built on say so that's kind of our focus um but like crypto prices i think are still going to be tied to macroeconomic factors is my opinion so yeah, i agree if uh you know i think that there's some kind of bigger events going on down the road like um well we're going to see the fed continue to probably hike and um tighten 
And then we're also going to see, you know, impacts of the midterm election later this later this summer, beginning of the fall. And then um, I'm also afraid of kind of like an energy crisis, uh, especially with uh, Putin having so much control over the oil uh, and then Europe being dependent on Putin's oil. So I think that could be tough for Europe in the wintertime. Things get cold and they need energy to heat their homes. So I don't know. I think there's a lot of kind of things at play, um, but hard to say. Yeah, I agree with you. I think there's really, unfortunately, I don't feel like there's too much positivity with, uh, you know, outside to help the crypto market. It has nothing to do with the crypto market. Everyone just keeps pushing forward the innovation. I just feel like there's more and more people. I mean, I talk to new people all the time. They're they're asking me questions about Cosmos and how it works and, you know, all kind of random questions from just like, you know, just basically rudimentary stuff all the way up to you know probably stuff like today like high tech stuff and uh yeah i just um everyone's just building like i don't really worry about the prices i mean yeah everyone would love their bags to be pumping but i think it unfortunately it's probably like a two-year window until like the the market gets back to in my opinion it has a lot to do with what you're saying i mean realistically it has all of it to do with that in my opinion so we'll see but yeah i mean it's all it's just it's all good vibes, man. Like I, I went to the couple, couple of those uh, um, conferences, and you know, people are building. They don't care about that stuff. Why should they? You know, what I mean, they're just focused on building something that can potentially change the world. So it's like whatever. Yeah, exactly. We wouldn't be in this if we were thinking about something over, you know, one tier, one two year time horizon. Um, we're thinking about how can we completely rebuild financial infrastructure and make it more, far more inclusive and more accessible for everyone. Um, I think that the current like banking system is very predatory and especially in the States, we're pretty fortunate to have access to a lot of kind of basic financial products, but globally, that's really not the case. And so I do think that um, DeFi is going to be instrumental in being able to provide access and opportunity and just think about like how many like talented entrepreneurs across the planet um could provide so much value and they don't have access to credit they don't have access to banking they don't have access to um you know basic like infrastructure and necessities to get an idea from an idea to a product um so i think DeFi is going to be a lot bigger have a lot bigger impact than i think kind of we think of it now when there's a lot of like people just kind of playing ponzi games or things like that to try to make a quick buck i think that the the end game is a much bigger game so yeah that's that's kind of what we're here for i'd say yeah for sure so spaces is coming on i'll just have them co-host so they can they can record and save too but i guess we could just do our thing like so just um a quick intro on and on everyone if you your team doesn't know who i am um i'm hoss i just basically i'm i'm a cosmos maxi to be honest with you like i found IBC actually when osmosis essentially launched and I just studied this for thousands of hours and I firmly and rootly believe in my core that if uh, crypto is going to be mass adopted and be a part of every everyone's life or a lot of people's life that cosmos is going to be front and center of that movement because of all the infrastructure and the interoperability and just everything about it. I mean, I just everyone else that's building their own chains outside. I mean, they really have this it's like substantial friction in data sending communications and essentially in my opinion cosmos is basically the only ones that's building the internet of blockchains and for communications and uh and what we're just saying right there i always explain this to people that really don't know ibc and, and how cosmos works is 
uh, you know, everyone's basically here speaks the same language. And, and imagine if like all humanity spoke the same language since day one, potentially crypto may have happened like a hundred years ago, but there's always been that um, barrier, you know, and I feel like there's really no barriers with Cosmos because it's open source. You can create your own L1 and atten- essentially have your own rules. You could have your own validator sets. Hell, I mean, you could pull like what Binance did and not even be IBC enabled. You could do whatever you want, basically. So um, I say I'm all for it. You know, we're talking about people in the world that are finally starting to get resources. It's exactly true. I mean, a lot of people have a smartphone. So now with that phone, they can actually save, uh, we'll say resources and accumulate resources and know how much those resources are worth as opposed to beforehand, potentially not having access to banks and their currencies where they live at or go to shit. And they, they, they just can't get, they just can't get ahead. Now this is actually, you know, in my opinion, crypto is trying to speed run, you know, the thousand plus years of just like inequalities with like all kind of different avenues, especially financial. And um, so I'm all for this. And, that's kind of my thing. And I just help. I just want to be here. I want to do this the rest of my life is be a part of Cosmos and crypto and, you know, just see how it goes. I just can't, I can't wait for the future. Like I've seen so much innovation since I've been in this space and I've like, I'm basically been really in this space for about a year now since last summer. That's when I got a Twitter and became more active and really focused on crypto and the future of technology. So I'm just looking forward to all this because one year has been nuts and I can only imagine now what it's going to look like one year from now two years from now three years from now so i'm excited for this i'm excited for say that's kind of my intro if you guys want to like go around the horn maybe say do a quick intro say um how long you've been in crypt you know maybe when you found crypto and then why you decided to do say sure i'll go first i'll be short um i'm not part of the engineering team i'm leading uh ecosystem growth at say um deedle uh dan uh, i've been in crypto since kind of late 2016, but I've been working full-time in crypto uh, for the past five years, since 2017. Um, and it's been kind of a wild ride. It's been an up and down journey. And like you said, Haas, it's been really eye-opening, the potential of this technology and what we can bring to the world. Um, so I'm really excited to kind of build out uh, better financial infrastructure uh, and open, open finance with DeFi um, based on the Cosmos SDK, I'd say. Um, I've worked at several different crypto projects over the years. Um, I was the marketing manager at um, NFT Protocol, which was the first uh, NFT ticketing protocol and put on the first like music festival with NFTs um, as tickets. And then I also founded uh, Deedle Connects, a marketing PR agency, and we worked with lots of different companies. A few were like Metal Pay and Salt Lending. Um, and we were a team of seven and we kind of understood really how to help build communities, build the meta of crypto and like explain uh, more complex concepts in, in really easily digestible ways. Uh, and then I was also the CEO of Exidio, the software development company building on Sentinel, uh, which you guys probably know, uh, Decentralized VPN. But really since the beginning of this year, I've been uh, full speed ahead helping build out Say uh, with the awesome engineering team. So uh, I'll let uh, Philip go and then we'll kind of have the guys from the engineering team introduce themselves. Cool. Thanks, Dan. Uh, yeah. Hey, my name's Philip. Um, I've uh, I've been at say for a few months now. Um, I've been watching the crypto scene for about a year now. Um, and so I used to work at Twitter and uh, Databricks, um, you know, working on infrastructure. And so a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about later today about like optimizing the infra, uh, making you know, obviously like block time super short. That stuff like really fascinates me, and uh, I'm super excited to talk more about that later. 
Um, yeah, I guess I'll throw it over to Sison. Cool. Thank you, Philip. Yeah, it's good to talk to you guys. Uh, I'm Sison. So uh, I've been um, kind of like working back um, part time the uh, crypto since 2017. Um, in the meanwhile, I also work for uh, Amazon and Uber as, as a software developer. Uh, I joined say later last year, and uh, it's great to be using such a high performance and um, strong team. Uh, I will pass to Jay. Awesome. Nice to meet you, everyone. My name is Jay. Um, I guess similar to everyone else, I have a technical background. So studied CS in college, um, got into crypto in 2017 as well. Um, at that time, my roommate, he was going through Binance Launchpad, so we tinkered on a few different things together. Uh, after that, I joined Robinhood, where I saw the company 10x in size from around 250 to over 2,500. Um, I was there for a lot of just random stuff like the GME event and also for um, the IPO. And while I was there, I primarily worked on KYC. So by the time I left, I was a software engineer leading the KYC portion of crypto deposits and withdrawals. Um, and yeah, I mean, last year, uh, one of my friends and I, we started building across different groups. Um, one of the things that really stood out to us was building a perpetual protocol, because that's one of the true things in DeFi that is true product market fit. Um, and then we ultimately just went through a series of events where we realized that, okay, this doesn't really get built very well on any kind of existing chain. So that's why we decided to build our own infrastructure to uh, help projects such as Perpetual's protocols um, get built out in a scalable way. So yeah, that's it for me. I think, is Tony going to be joining? Oh, Tony's here as well. So I'll pass it off to Tony to intro himself as well. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Jay. Um, so I also have a technical background. I used to be a software engineer at Airbnb and Robinhood. I guess at Airbnb, mainly doing a payment kind of related stuff. And at Robinhood, I was the tech lead for the clearing team. Um, so it was right in the center of, of the of the mess during the GME events. Um, and um, being sort of building out the accounting system uh, and also security lending related stuff at Robinhood. Um, I guess I uh, started working on um, say uh, earlier this year, and I've been sort of building the application level logic for for say. Well, not really application, but just chain level logic. Um, yeah, I I guess I think Sys and Phil have both gone, so maybe I'll probably back to you, Dan. Yeah, so I mean, I was just gonna ask. <clears throat> One of the things that always fascinates, I'm not a builder, so it's just full disclosure, but one of the, I just love tech and I understand tech and I understand business and just, um, so what I look at Cosmos, just from either a developer standpoint or just, I'll call it a customer experience standpoint, it gives you a lot of variety, flexibility and options, like optionality. So like, I understand with what you guys are doing. If anyone wanted to touch base on, you know, the code, I, from my understanding, you can alter the code to specifically, I don't know, cater to what you are specifically trying to do with your chain. And I would assume you need fast finality with what you're trying to do. So, like, what does that entail, so to speak? You don't have to get, like, real specific, but what does it kind of entail and what's the goal of um, that, what, you're, what you're trying to do, so to speak? So it's always like a high, high performance type of chain. Yeah, no, you're, you're exactly right, Haas. The idea is that um, this is a high-performing chain, but why are we building a high-performing chain? Like, we're not doing it just to, like, show off our, our fast block times, you know? The, the idea is that in DeFi right now, the biggest, and, and across all of crypto, the biggest market in crypto is derivatives. Um, but actually, derivatives cover, like, almost have almost no penetration on chain. Uh, so everything on derivatives is done 
for the most part on Binance, FTX, um, or other derivatives trading platforms. And almost none of it is done on chain. But what's crazy is that, especially under kind of regulatory scrutiny, derivatives are the products that most need to be on chain and most need to be decentralized. And we've seen a huge opportunity for that. And, and DYDX is also paving a lot of the path there, right, for um, on-chain um, on derivatives. But the reason that derivatives haven't taken off in DeFi yet is because order books are necessary to have structured products and derivative products. And it's been really hard for any tech team to build an on-chain order book and have it actually scale. And actually, I'd say we fundamentally, fundamentally believe that a general purpose L1 blockchain, whether that's, you know, uh, like Solana or Near or even some of the newer chains that are coming out kind of built by the Facebook guys, you know, like Sui or Aptos, any general purpose L1 blockchain isn't going to be able to scale with an on-chain order book. And so that's why we're building Say, and that's kind of why we're looking for fast finality. We're building a blockchain with an order book built into the chain, but the blockchain is permissioned. So different DeFi protocols or D uh, apps that are going to build on Say need to get passed by on-chain governance to be able to build on Say. So you can't have a plethora of kind of like anyone builds anything. It's uh, it's really gated by kind of what the community believes are, is the best bet for DeFi products on Say. And then with that, we're going to be able to have a high performance chain and actually be able to have an on-chain order book. So that's kind of the high level of what we're building. And we think that order books are going to unlock a huge opportunity set of products and um, uh, innovation within DeFi that we haven't yet met, like seen. And to your point, Haas, I think you know the tech stack of Tendermint Consensus, Cosmos SDK, Cosmos and Smart Contracts, you know, IBC intercommunication and routing, and then interchain accounts. Um, is going to completely open up the design space for what can be possible. Uh, so we're really excited about that. And we're looking to build kind of the core infrastructure for like a wide variety of different DeFi and structured products. Um, so yeah, we are looking to optimize the chain as much as possible for fast finality so that we can have success in these types of products. It's amazing. Yeah, like that's the thing too. I don't know, maybe because like some of these other blockchains out there that are built like the applications that are on Solana. We'll just use Solana for example. It's pretty much well known in this space that the chain's going to break probably every thirty to forty-five days maximum. Like that's just the way they roll. So why I, I just don't understand. Like if you like, like we'll just use say for example, there would be zero. Ch why would you ever build on that? Like because you can't you can't have a financial instrument like what you're trying to do and have that instability of okay, well the chain might go down this month and. It, it just makes it impossible. I just don't understand why any anyone does that. Like those teams have to like realize that, right? And then I don't know how we bridge the gap of getting them over here. I mean, it's it seems like it's starting to happen. And it's like one of those, I always do that mantra, like if they build it, they will come type of thing. And, and, and that's what I see with Cosmos. Like we're building it and they're going to come, whether they like it or not, because it's just, it just gives you so much flexibility and stability, like everything. Like I just don't get, I don't know if, if you guys or any other teams out there, you don't have to say specifically, but I mean, has any like financial uh, applications uh, on like Solana have reached out to you guys? Yeah, a couple, a couple of thoughts about what you just said. So the first thing is that on Solana specifically, it is extremely bad for deep applications that are building on top of it. And it's not just outages that happen, as you mentioned, like once every 45 days. The true issue if you're building on top of the order book on Solana, which is Serum, um, is network congestion. And 
this happens much more frequently. And this is when there might be, let's say you're trying to place an order and then it takes an extra minute for your order to get placed. Um, from a market maker standpoint, this is extremely bad because if other people are able to get their orders through and you are not, then other people are going to, other people are going to pick off your orders. Um, and basically you're going to lose money by not being able to place a trade. Um, so it's extremely bad for market makers. And that's one of the big reasons that a lot of Solana teams have been considering going to different ecosystems. Um, specifically, Aptos is one of the really big ones right now. We've also gotten inbound from Solana teams, um, per se. But yeah, overall, it's a lot of Solana teams right now are hurting. And it's becoming pretty, pretty clear that like Solana as an ecosystem is starting to prioritize NFTs and gaming a lot more than they are prioritizing DeFi. Yeah, which makes sense. I mean, worst case scenario. I mean, I do like the only thing I ever use Soul for is the NFTs. I really do like their NFTs, but it's not a big deal. Like if the chain breaks or like, say I, I have a, a collection and I have a community. And I'm like, hey, t- you know, tomorrow the mint's going to be at whatever time. And then chain goes down. OK, well, worst case scenario, I just do another date. It's not the end of the world. But you can't do finance like what you're saying. That's just it, it's just you, you can't have it. I don't even know if they'll ever get to it. Maybe they will at some point. But I mean, you can't uh, you can't rely on stuff like that. And that, that's why, you know, DYDX, they had to come over from Ethereum because, I mean, it's just it's not a good I always say customer experience, right? Like it's just not a good customer experience. It's just not, you know, even Solana, um, it, it, like you were saying about congestion, like I, I've had every even with just NFTs, like I've had failed transactions quite often trying to get just mint an NFT. And I, I feel like that's really, really simple. You just mint and that's it. But, you know, there's just it ha- everyone has to come over here. I just wanted to throw that in there because I was just thinking about your, you guys and, and um, all these applications, because there are a lot of cool applications out, out there on other chains. It just doesn't make sense why they do stuff like that. They're just they just need to flock over. And I guess maybe they're getting a bunch of funding. And I mean, I guess it makes sense for them because um, I don't know. Are you guys going to have some sort of grant once you get r- up and running? Do you guys hope to have some sort of grant program for that? Um, at the start, we're not going to be giving out grants in the longer term, that is definitely on the table. And that, that's how a lot of ecosystems end up scaling. Like at the start, when you're getting off the ground, um, it's really about getting true believers on and starting to build on top of your, uh, infrastructure. And then afterwards, grants become a pretty straightforward way to help scale the ecosystem. Yeah, it makes sense. Awesome. Yeah. So one, one thing that I kind of wanted to get into is a question that you'd asked before, um, around how we are approaching high performance and like how we're actually building out this chain um yeah i mean one, one thing that we can kind of get into is like what say is so say is an l1 chain um that's built using the cosmos sdk so we're using cosmos sdk tendermint core for the consensus layer um and the kind of special thing that we've done is we've added in a dex module that has um an order book that can be used by any kind of DApp building on top of say so this becomes a really powerful primitive that makes it much easier to have high performance DeFi activity happening on top of say um, and we kind of got started on this journey as mentioned before because we we're originally um, trying to build a perpetuals protocol and none of the solutions out there really made sense to us. Building with an AMM is not really scalable for a perpetuals protocol and the existing order book solutions um, didn't really make much sense. Um, for example, we considered using L2s. Um, that's what DYDX V3 is currently built on and um, L2s don't really scale for the kind of throughput that we want to be seeing for any kind of order book related use case. Um, their performance definitely varies between each L2. For example, as we chatted with the team earlier this week, um, they have around one second latencies for their off-chain requests. So as a user, if you try to hit their off-chain order book, you still have to wait over a second just for that, um, just for that trade to go through. 
Um, for StarkNet, they only have around two to three TPS right now that's actually happening. And then for other chains like Optimism, there is a theoretical upper bound of only a few thousand transactions per second. So building on top of an L2 really doesn't work if you want to be supporting an order book where you're probably going to need tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, even millions of transactions being supported every second. Um, the other approach is around Fauna, and that um, doesn't really work because of these network congestion issues. Um, and the kind of conclusion that we've come to, as Dan mentioned, is we simply can't use a general purpose chain to scale an order book. Um, there's always going to be other things that come up. There's always going to be other issues that come up. And if you're competing for block space with NFTs and other kind of um, non-DeFi related use cases, there's always going to be uh, long-term difficulty scaling. So that's why our single purpose is to just create the best DeFi infrastructure, and we'll make all of the trade-offs that are needed to facilitate that. Um, and in, in order to do that, we created a semi-permissioned L1 chain. So as a user to use, say, um, there's no, it, it's completely permissionless, but in terms of a developer to deploy anything on, say, um, you do need to get approved by governance to deploy your smart contract on, say. So by doing this, we prevent random kind of use cases from coming on and building on, say. And yeah, at this moment, we're currently at sub one second block times when we have uh, very low um, kind of transactions coming in. And in our internal load test, when we were sending a bunch of um, transactions to a validator set of 48, uh, we got 1.34 second block times with around 7,400 orders per second. So yeah, uh, that's a little bit about say at a high level. That's great. I was, I was going to ask you, like, what was the sample size of that? Um that analytic, but you said, what, 7,400? Exactly. That was 7,400 orders per second. Yeah, that's good stuff. So what, is, what does it take um, on the technical side? I mean, I guess you can just, um, how, how much can you alter the code, so to speak, like the Cosmos SDK? I don't know if that makes sense or not, but I, like, I've, I've talked to a couple different teams that are doing different things. Like, I, like Pylons is, is um, going to be like a, like a mobile app store for for gaming like just like like play to earn type games and, and like nfts specifically just on a mobile and they said that you know based michael from from there said that they they altered it essentially so there's no gas it's just it's basically just like um i don't know how they do like the fees and just just they they dif, dif, did different stuff to um the code just so they can alter it so i don't know like your situation how how much can you alter the code I don't know if that makes sense or not. Yeah, there's a high amount of flexibility um, with the Cosmos SDK, and it might be helpful for our team to just go into the type of optimizations that we've made um, to kind of make it clear how we got to the performance. Yeah, right yeah, now. just yeah, just go there that route, and then I'll be able to figure that out. I just never really got into that part of it because I hear that from different teams and developers that come over, and they're, you know, that's one of the one of the main reasons they come over is that like. You just get to do what essentially whatever you want for the most part. So uh, that's what I, it always fascinates me to hear stuff like that. Yeah, I can uh, dig into some of that optimization we did. So uh, the first few things are um, we're kind of like make use of the potential for the full potential of this tandeming uh, consensus machine, uh, which is already a very strong machine, uh, but like there's a lot of like configuration tuning. We have done especially to reduce uh, the timeout between each block so that we can um, get rid of the redundant um, timeout um, that are kind of like not super um, helpful at original setting to reduce the, um, the block time to several seconds right now. 
So um, some of the other things we do, like on the DAX module, are also like we also provide some of the bundling uh, the use case for people on which there are two layers of this kind of like um, all the bundling. So the first one um, is that people can submit, for example, a market maker can submit like multiple orders into one transaction and send to us um, so that they won't, they won't like occupy multiple uh, transaction space for a block. The second layer of like um, bundling we do is at the end of each block, we break down um, those orders and aggregate all the orders we receive in one block at the end of the block. And then we only initiate, initialize and send the state change of the contract accordingly to these orders uh, once instead of like doing each transaction uh, with a contract call each time. And yeah, there are a few other optimizations. Tony, you want to talk about the uh, end block of parallelization? Yeah, sure. So um, I think one thing um, that must offers that's really powerful is um, it offers developer, I guess, chain developers an opportunity to define behavior at the end of uh, each block or even at the beginning of each block. So you can have um, operations that happening outside of individual transaction processing. And that provides us an opportunity to sort of, like Tyson mentioned, bundle transactions so that um, we avoid the overhead of having to instantiate uh, a Cosmos-awesome virtual machine every time a transaction hits. So for one block, say we have like thousands of orders, we only need to instantiate the VM once at the end block um, so that that greatly helps with the, um, the performance of the chain. Um, and also since we can, um, I guess, bundle all the operations at one place in end block. It provides us with an opportunity to parallelize the operation. Parallelization might sound kind of scary, like in the in the in context of a blockchain, because it might lead to non-determinism uh, if we're not careful. Uh, but we we are, um, I guess, sort of uh, really cautious of of that problem, and uh, we're building out a mechanism to parallelize. The, uh, the end block um, operation to place orders um, in a more, I guess, in an absolutely deterministic way. Um, and all the operations will be also atomic. So the uh, contract developers don't have to worry about, uh, you know, the, uh, the orders and balances ending up in a non-consistent state. Um, so yeah, that's, um, I guess, just some things that we're, gonna, uh, that, that we're doing, uh, uh, I guess, on the chain level. Um, to make, I guess, it more performant. Uh, I think Phil has uh, more points to add to that. Yeah, I, I mean, like, um, you know, like, as you were saying, you were asking, like, how can you modify the code? Well, like, Cosmos SDK, the, like, the project itself, it's built on this idea of modules. Like, you can kind of think of it as, like, various Lego pieces that you can stick together. And so um, one example is, you know, like, I think by default in Cosmos SDK, you can upload whatever WASM contracts you want. Um, and I mentioned previously, you know, we're actually gating this, we're making it so that you have to go through a governance proposal for WASM upload. So this is like an example of what we're doing. And this is really necessary because, um, you know, like I work in infra, one of the most common issues is like this noisy neighbor issue where, um, you know, you start off with like a system, 
you have a few use cases, it runs perfectly fine. And then as you onboard, you know, gain popularity, get more uh, onboard, more use cases. Um, yeah, things just like start kind of hurting each other. And so governance proposal for WASM uploads is like something we really want to enforce to keep, you know, um, the chain at like a pretty high quality and all the use cases like functioning as they were intended. Um, yeah, and then I, I just want to add to that total disclaimer. Yeah, yeah. I'm de I'm definitely because I'm all about metaphors and like analogies. I'm totally using that, by the way. Just so you know, like if you chime <laughs> in, uh, I'm I'm using a noisy neighbor. I like that. that that's... Yeah, and I'll take it, take it. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and you know, like as an infra guy, I'll, I want to talk about like maybe like two more things we're doing at the um, infra level. You know, like we like in, we, us infra guys, we love like optimizing things, making things super quick. So um, we're going to continue trying to further reduce the block times of the say chain. Um, some ideas we have are, um, you know, like Tendermint by default has some sort of like some default key management system that introduces like basically sets like an, uh, a lower bound to how fast block times can get. We're looking at other options out there um, to, see, to see if we can like replace the KMS uh, system and you know potentially speed up the block times, and then you know we chatted with some some folks in the space, um, and it's like there's like this huge issue that everyone knows about with storage being very slow. Like when you write uh, when you make transactions, you have to store the state of the uh, order book, um, and basically the way that storage is uh, saved is unoptimal, and so. <clears throat> We're thinking of ways like we can optimize that by, you know, rather than storing the entire order book, we store like a hash of it. And then each um, validator can kind of like save a local version of the order book, which makes things a lot quicker. Um, so, yeah, in terms of optimization, I think, you know, like that about sums it up. Um, yeah, I, I think I'll throw it back to Jay. He, I think he has some points he wants to discuss about uh, future plans for the chain. Yeah, I mean, the only thing from my side right now is that there, there's a few things that are really top of mind for us. Um, one of them is latency. So we're focusing a lot on the stuff that team has mentioned so far um, around just getting block times that are as fast as possible. The second piece is around throughput. So one of the things we're going to be looking into in the longer term is how we can start scaling this um, and ideally have a pretty easy way of horizontally scaling this so that we can support higher and higher TPS. Nice. So um, <clears throat> just to reset the room, I'm sure some of you listening may have some questions. So feel free to uh, raise your hand soon or DM me if you don't want to talk and I could ask the questions for you. But yeah, it's just fascinating. I'm excited for everything, man. Like there's just so much going on in Cosmos. Like I just keep all my focus on everything in here. I just love what's going on, the innovation, just uh, the collaboration. Have you guys been going to any events at all as a team? Or are you just so busy that you're just building? Yeah, right now we've been pretty heads down, but we will be there at Cosmoverse and we plan, like after we launch on mainnet, we're going to be having a lot more, um, I guess, public appearances. Yeah, I like that because that's how, in my opinion, that's how the juices get flowing for everyone. So, you know, it's, a, it's really good to kind of meet people in person or have ideas in person as opposed to doing it, you know, over Teams or telegram or discord so i find it more beneficial when people get together and collaborate a lot of a lot of magic can happen so but yeah it'd be, it'd definitely be nice to run into you guys at one i mean i ran into dan i like yeah it was great hanging in austin i mean we've known each other for quite a while so it's cool like you said it's it makes it so much it's just so much better when you can actually like break bread with someone and hang out with them um and at at uh osmocon um so jay and um jeff a couple of our founders were there as well as myself 
Um, so we are going to make the effort and we have been going to events locally, like even in San Francisco has been going to events. The team in New York has been going to events. Um, but as Jay mentioned, we're kind of heads down right now. We're focused on incentivized test net, which is going really well. Kevin's got a question. We'll let him up. He's also been a kick-ass validator on the network and really involved in our incentivized test net. Uh, and then we're gearing up for mainnet, which we're targeting for uh, September, which would be ideal. Um, and things have gone really well on our end as far as um, builders and supporters within Cosmos, as far as fundraising, as far as um, like a uh, broader validator community. And, uh, you know, we've seen a ton of attraction. We actually have multiple teams that are already building on say right now. Um, we can't announce it yet, but, you know, there are teams from kind of big ecosystems, like we mentioned already in this call, that have decided to kind of bring say is their home for DeFi and coming on to Cosmos. So the idea is that we're building, bringing more builders into Cosmos. Uh, and so, yeah, we're not going to be going to a ton of events. We're going to be working on good, you know, marketing content and getting as many people involved and aware of say, but we're also core, solely focused on getting the chain to where it needs to be so that we can go live. Love it. What's up, Kevin? Hey guys. I just wanted to say, um, you know, first of all, congratulations. You guys are killing it on the test net and uh, I've been really impressed to see the whole team and how well you guys have been tackling everything. Uh, PSU, you're a legend. Uh, appreciate all the help throughout. <laughs> um, so very, very well done to the whole team. I, I was actually very interested in um, kind of what you were chatting about in terms of latency and block times. Like obviously, we're flying right now, which is amazing. But just in thinking with the future, um, probably two questions is, have you guys kind of landed on I know we're at 50 right now, but like what the validator set might look like for, for mainnet. And also, is there anything else that we as validators can do to assist with latency? And, you know, I know in the past with kind of high block time discussions, we've, you know, it ultimately comes down to us to achieve consensus. So whether that be hardware in similar localities or, you know, a certain majority having their hardware in certain localities, um, you know, so that we don't have like this cross-continental latency issue. Um, what, what do you guys see as kind of the main points so far, if you have any insight into that? Yeah, I can I can take the first question and I'll pass it over to Bill for the second point. Um, so around the mainnet validator side, that is still a work in progress. We would like for it to be 50, but it really just depends on what's going to be the best performance while still being decentralized. Um, there's a few more changes we want to get in and then run internal load tests for it. And after those tests have been run, that's when we can really finalize the mainnet validator count size. And I mean, for what it's worth, we do plan to expand that. So let's say it ends up being a certain number like that's not going to be common for the rest of time it will largely increase or it will most likely increase in the future yeah um you know like jay mentioned we have a few kind of things ongoing we want to test more um obviously we want as many validator spots as possible but you know the performance of like we need the state chain, blockchain to be fast so that the application act that order book actually works um in terms of like what validators can do you know like um I, I think kind of like making sure machine hardware is up to spec. Like we have minimum spec requirements on our docs and we've actually seen, uh, I've actually seen an issue where because the block times are so fast, someone was using um, HDDs instead of SSDs and they couldn't actually even keep up with the block. So that's like one example. Um, yeah. And then I think just like, uh, so we ran low, like it's super interesting. We ran low tests and actually like location didn't seem to be too big of an issue. Um, like most of the, I guess, latency maybe had come from um, disk writes, like I mentioned earlier. So um, yeah, we're going to work with the validator 
set closely um, to make sure we're kind of all on the same page and um, you know, hardware specs, um, kind of like how you set alerting. Cause obviously when, because things are lock times are so slow, like when things go south, they, they go south very quickly. Um, so yeah, we'll just try to like make sure everyone's on the same page and we can react to things um, together. Totally makes sense. And uh, yes, we we experienced that when we entered the set somewhat unexpectedly. The the block times move very fast. Um, so yeah, that's that's great to hear. Um, you know, you certainly have our vote for, uh, you know, I, I think it'd be very interesting to have a chain uh, that, you know, required in the very least SSD, but I think NVMe we've seen has been kind of the champion of of quick write and um you know i think it'd be probably very beneficial um that's what we've been doing and finding great success with that so um should should be an interesting uh to see some some higher uh hardware requirements actually if that's that's a <laughs> we have very generously low hardware requirements typically on on many chains um but it it does really make a difference we've seen that like with osmosis epoch times and things like that nvme comes uh as a, a champion of speed since we're talking about validators what's what's the requirements like the minimum requirement for your rig so to speak uh like I, I know osmosis is pretty intensive i was just curious about it like what are yeah. what are what is your like all right you should have this and potentially like how Kevin was saying you know more transactions more volume um, you may have to have this in the future so what yeah what you... yeah I know exactly um yeah the osmosis specs are pretty um I think yeah they're pretty high uh you know like I think it's like six cores um and sixty four gigabytes of uh, memory or RAM um and then either SSD or NVMe um I think ours is going to be pretty similar just because um yeah we do need you know everything to keep up and it, it kind of hurts you too if you don't have the specs because you'll start falling behind and then you'll soon get jailed and then slashed and a lot of bad things happen then and then you know our consensus set gets a lot smaller so um i for like right now i'd say it'd probably be pretty similar in terms uh like our specs requirement will be pretty similar to osmosis yeah that makes sense so um I don't know if you guys have decided or do you have like a general idea of like what type of tokenomic you're going to use? You don't have to say like the MacBuy. Is it going to be you know, like just kind of ideas of what you guys are going to go for? Yeah, I mean, we've been having a lot of discussions about this internally. Um, at this point, we don't really have anything that we're ready to commit to um, in a public facing viewpoint. So we'll have more updates about that in the next couple of months. All right. Makes sense. And then, well, yeah, uh, I mean, something uh, we've been like, you know, thoroughly looking into to Jay's point. We want to make sure that uh, the token is positioned for like long-term success. Um, we probably won't have as extreme inflation as some of the most inflationary Cosmos-based chains because we've seen that you know some of those chains now are putting out governance proposals to try to change the inflation schedule based on kind of market conditions. So we're trying to think about long-term. Um, again, like I mentioned, this is not a one or two-year plan. This is about democratizing access to finance and providing new financial primitives and products. Um, so yeah, when, when we're designing the token, we're thinking about that from, you know, a 10-year kind of time horizon. Yeah. And one, one last thought about this, like the token itself is going to be a pretty, pretty vanilla token in our case. Like the inflation schedule and all that stuff is stuff we need to iron out. But like the token itself is going to be similar to like Ether or Solana or like any other L1 token, um, where it's primarily used for 
securing the network, gas fees, um, and getting involved in governance. So another tough question. I don't I don't need like a certain date, but like what is your goal of launch? I know I think Dan's kind of gave me an idea, but just so that the community can understand, like what is your what is your goal? Like I know it's it's not, hey, this is gonna be this day, because that's this that's not how we roll in crypto. It just makes no sense. You always wanna shoot low, but like what are your what is your internal goals? Basically, you're like, hey, we would love to launch by uh, the end of this year or the beginning of next year or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah, our internal goals right now are for a September slash October timeframe mainnet launch, but that's obviously very up in the air depending on a lot of moving factors like incentivized testnet, community token sale, etc. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know that's not a it's not really a good question because I I don't ever hold anyone accountable. I understand in this space, like there's so many uncertain pr- things that can pop up. So, but that's that's cool. It's I mean it's already that's not too far from now. So I'm excited about that. And then for testnet, how long have you guys been in testnet? I don't know if you may have already said this, but like how long have you guys have been in testnet for so far? Yes, we have two, not quite two weeks. Um, the 12th, we kicked it off. So we're just uh, about to start uh, the third week um, later this week. And uh, it's going really well as, you know, Kevin can be a better testament than I can because he's the one actually on, on the end uh, going through it. Um, but we are trying to design it uh, as thoroughly as possible with lots of different types of missions that people can take on. So whether you're just uh, an enthusiast and you, you believe in DeFi and you want to get involved and you're not a validator, or if you're one of the validators that apply but are not a part of the like acting active rotating set, or you are a part of that rotating set, pretty much there's opportunities for everyone. Uh, and we're tracking it all so that we can um, ensure that everyone is able to, to benefit from the rewards. And we are leaning in heavily to the incentivized testnet. It's the Sainami testnet. Uh, we're allocating 1% of the total token supply just for um, testnet rewards. So really ensuring that um, people that are putting in get good effort and giving us good data are also getting significant benefit from doing so. I think, I think the best way to describe it, I don't know if anyone here has ever gone on like a long distance run with somebody that's faster than them, um, but that's a little like validating on like, It's so fast uh, that... <laughs> any any mistakes made are are immediately amplified and you're like but the the advantage of that i'm just being totally honest guys i probably is not the most uh pr savvy thing of me to say but it is so fast um that you've really got to be on top of it um you know we we had a uh a little uh bug and it was like to to catch up was a uh an event um but that's good like you want experience in a test net you want you know obviously when you're pushing the envelope of what is possible with tendermint consensus as a validator you you want to experience those mistakes in a test net and you want to do that with the team that's building it so that you can find those solutions and when mainnet comes you know you're ready for the race otherwise you know you're you're running with people that you can't keep up with and that's just not the way you want to be um bringing a product to market so I think it's actually been a really valuable experience for us as validators as well. Just seeing, okay, what are the network requirements? What kind of adjustments do we have in our infrastructure? And how can we ensure that our response time is like as lightning fast as required? Because ultimately, and of course, with every validator, things happen. But usually on a slower chain, you've got a little bit more of a, uh, you know, called a grace period to to work within. So for us, we've set up some structures to like, 
respond to issues very, very quickly um, and ensure that we always have access to the necessary um, you know, security portals to make those adjustments and things like that faster than we might on, on other networks. So uh, it's, it's really good. Like it's, it's good training. Uh, that's the purpose of a test net. And in this scenario, we're, we're really seeing the, the value in that. And I think it's, it's awesome to see how quickly everybody's moving to make those adjustments. Yeah, it's exciting because that's like a misnomer. I, I assume I, um, I think when I was at the permissionless event in May, I had some Solana people stop over to the osmosis and they're, they were saying in general, like they enjoy cosmos, but it's not fast enough. And that, you know, and I just, it, it's nice now that we can, we can say, okay, well, look, <laughs> there's some, you know, this chain is specifically built for speed. I mean, because not, that's, what's so cool about cosmos is every chain doesn't, it doesn't have to be super fast because it, it, it may, it may not be beneficial for them to do that. But for something with derivatives and order books, obviously it needs to be as fast as possible. So it's just cool. Like I just like I said, I love the whole variety, um, you know, for even as a developer side, like you have that. But also with like, like I always say at the end of the day, it always no matter what, it always comes back to the customer. So like if the customer has a good experience. They're going to keep coming back. And that's been like my whole mantra since I've been doing this is, you know, when people were coming over when, at the permissionless event, because it was no IBC people. They'd come over and they'd be like, hey, what's osmosis? So I knew instantly they didn't even know what IBC was. Like, they just had no clue. So I just would go right into the technology and how it works. And they're all, you know, their eyes are lighting up. And I, I would tell them straight up, like, I don't even care if you use osmosis. Just use anything in Cosmos. Like, you're going to have a good experience and then you're going to come back. Because we've all used these other things. And I'm not trying to be a man. I know when I first, first used osmosis for the first time, I was so used to like using Uniswap and all that. And I was like, holy hell, like this was amazing. Like this was a good, good experience. So then that got me hooked, you know? And I just feel like once we get more people in, in this uh, eco, like they're just going to stay because why would you want to go back? Like I have to do some stuff every once in a while with Ethereum and it's just not a good time. Like I dread it. I'm like, okay, I know this transaction is probably going to fail. I'm going to cost me $17, $20 to, just to do nothing. And then, okay, now it's just not a good time. So that's why. I just love what 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 this is all going on. It's meant for the it's it's meant for the average person, really, in my opinion. Like the person that works all day, wants to spend a little bit of time in crypto and spend some money and have some fun, buy some NFTs and do other various things. They could do it and be affordable because you know they're not spending a couple hours of their life that they had to work for just on a, a gas fee, you know, which is not cool. Like it's just not cool. So I love what's going on. Like I'm all for this. This is amazing. Yeah, you, should, you shouldn't have to brace yourself to do a transaction. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. I just, um, nothing against some, some uh, what is it, Somalia. So I, w- I was messing around on there because I was like, oh, this is a great idea. Because that's like the next wave to me of getting mass adoption is to, obviously we need people that are, like I'm 36. I feel like I'm super old in this space, but even my age and people older, they're not really that good with the computer, right? Like, so they're not going to use crypto because there's so many, there's just so much you need to know, right? And I'm all for different things that are going to make it easy for people. And like, I like that idea. Like, hey, you just tell us like what your risk tolerance is. We'll quartel like a portfolio for you because that's a real life application right now that exists in Web2 and investing. So I'm all for stuff like that. I'm all for chains that are going to try to bring over music and people in music and art and just just so people don't even really know they're using crypto but they're using it we need to make that and i think cosmos that's why i always say 
it is the, the the infrastructure that's doing that to help facilitate that you know either traditional finance the DeFi and just just everything so um we're, we're there and we're working on it and um, i'm excited for this too because like derivatives is a gigantic market and they'll obviously hopefully say can you know get into that too and get get those type of people over because it's super user friendly so they've also got a really cute mascot which i'm a big fan of just want to say that <laughs> the sailors right <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even see it yet i, I kind of sailor. Like, yeah we need we need to get that going that's, that's another his, thing. His, his, his name is spelled M I K O L. Michael Saylor. Oh. Is that really where it came from? <laughs> he's a deep sea exploration uh, drone, and uh, yeah, he's the the lead of our the leader of the sailors. I love it. It's awesome. I've got to hop off uh, for a meeting, but I just wanted to say again, congratulations! Uh, honored to be a part of the test net. Very excited about what you're doing and uh, very much looking forward to uh, however we can help. This is going to be a lot of fun. All right, Kevin. Thanks for stopping by, man. Have a good day. Take care, man. Thanks a lot for all you've been doing in the in the validator set, man. Pleasure's ours. Thanks so much. Yeah. All right, guys. So we got a decent crowd. If anyone has any questions for the team, speak now or forever. Hold your peace. You can DM me on Twitter, uh, Telegram. Even Discord, if you want to ask any particular questions. I know one of the most common questions. I mean, I'm just going to ask it for the community. I already know someone's going to DM me and ask me, hey, when airdrop? Are you guys going to do an airdrop to the community? Have you decided that? I'm putting you guys on blast right now. Yeah, we'll have more specifics around this in the near future as well. Um, at this point, we haven't committed to anything. We there, There's a good chance that we will, but we'll keep the community updated when we have more updates. And as for that, what's the best uh, way for the the community to keep in touch um, with your uh, up to date information? Do you guys tweet a lot? Do you write mediums a lot? Because I, you know, I'll help facilitate that part of it too and keep everyone informed. You know, retweets and stuff like that. So, what's the best? Yeah, uh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Dan. Oh yeah, no, definitely Twitter. Uh, super active, and then our Discord is also super active. Um, so if you want to get you know, have questions and interact directly, feel free to follow up on Discord. But yeah, we we're also really active on the Twitter account. Um, and also gotten quite a bit of press already. Um, so we've been in Forbes, we've been in Coindesk, we've been in Cointelegraph. Um, yeah, we've uh, gotten, I think we just had another piece come out in VentureBeat. Um, so I think the world is starting to take some notice. That's exciting. I don't even know if I knew all that, that you guys were already had all these main articles. That's amazing. Congrats good stuff i always like to hear that i don't care what it's about as long as it has something to do with cosmos because it's so i mean we all been there like like my journey in crypto getting over to cosmos you know i just did the typical okay well i really i worked my ass off i got a little bit of time i understand what crypto is let me go try to do some re you know some digging right and i think most people you know they put youtube on so when they go on youtube everything is bitcoin Ethereum, then Cardano, maybe Polkadot. It's like the pecking order, right? And then you you might find like some other things like randomly like XRP and all this other stuff. It's so hard to just find Cosmos. Like you kind of have to really enjoy the technology to just ask yourself questions about, okay, well, how's that work? What does that work? What's the pitfalls? What's the limitations? Like you have to really start asking all these questions. 
You know, like I feel like the word is just thrown around like interoperability and Web3 and these other blockchains, right? And I just don't think really those people truly understand the infrastructural needs to, to make that happen. It's just kind of like that word that people throw out. And I always assemble like these, uh, these, these other chains out there as like a skyscraper or like a remote island that's got really good resources on it. But there, you can't get up to it. You can't communicate to it. You can't send data back and forth. And um, I just have been so fascinated with IBC since I found it and how like that, that the protocol works, the tendermint, how teams are coming over on, on the, essentially on the boat. Like they're just coming over from other places because they understood the limitations of what they're trying to do and the, th the throughput. And it's just like, why wouldn't you want to have your own chain, right? Like you could just have your own chain, your own roles, your, your own, essentially, you know, there's just so much flexibility. So I'm just, excited to be here like stuff like this always motivates me when i when there's something new coming to cosmos like i get really pumped up i'm really passionate about it and everyone i've ever met like team wise is very passionate about it and, and this comes off as like a maximalist point of view but i really like i randomly just go into people's twitter spaces and it could be about solana ethereum and when i do have time like i'll be laying in bed and i'm like oh, let me just plug you know listen to this person talk or this community talk it's rarely ever about the technology. It's always about stupid shit that doesn't matter. But when I ever do these spaces or chime into any space that's Cosmos based related, it's all about the technology, which is it's all that matters to me at the end of the day. And I think it's just great. I'm just honored to be here. I'm glad you guys spent your Sunday and coming by and, and talking to us and educating us. So I appreciate it. And then going to end on that. Like if anyone has any last questions, I mean, feel free to ask real quick. So I'll give you guys a couple more minutes. I'm sure you guys are busy building and all that. Just wanted to throw that out. All right. Well, do you guys have any last remarks? I just on behalf of the team, I'd like to say thanks Haas and Cosmos Spaces for hosting us and letting us kind of dig deeper into the tech. Um, there's a reason we're the fastest blocks in all of Cosmos and the fastest Cosmos SDK chain ever. Uh, and it's because of, the engineering team on this call um, and, and because of how dug they've deep they've dug into how they can optimize the chain. Um, and so, yeah, we're really excited about gearing up towards uh, throughout incentivized testing and going towards mainnet and um, really seeing DeFi explode within Cosmos. That's really what we're here for. Um, and we're building towards that end. So thanks a lot for everyone taking the time and, and digging deeper. And if you have questions, feel free to hit us up on in discord or, or on Twitter. We're always around. You guys, before you want to go, do you want to pin your uh, Discord to the top? I don't know if you guys have yet. Just to pin it real quick. But yeah, I was going to add to that. Like, this is a missing element that we need in our DeFi space. I mean, it's kind of, for my opinion, of, of I love Osmosis. Like, and I've used them all Juno Swap, Secret Swap, Sienna, like just essentially all of them Crescent, Sift Chain. I don't even know if I'm forgetting anything right now, but. It's kind of just repetitive almost, and, and I understand what they're doing, but we don't have this yet. And that's going to, in my, uh, you know, from what my understanding is, is that's just going to bring more options. And I, I don't know if I use this. Have you guys decided on, like, what kind of stable coin that you guys are going to go for? Are you trying to go for a bunch of them? Or I didn't really ask that part. Yeah, there'll yeah, be a sure. couple at least. Jay can go to that. Yeah, I mean, the stable coin piece is one of the most important pieces for any kind of derivatives focused um ecosystem like most derivatives are going to be cash settled so we definitely want to make multiple stable points available in this ecosystem and kind of just see which ones start getting more traction um 
from the start, so right now in incentivized testnet, we are supporting Axelar USDC. And on mainnet, we will most likely be supporting that from the get-go as well. Um, but there's other stable coins that we're working with as well. For example, we'll likely have IC available on our chain as well. So uh, we'll have more updates. I, I feel like I keep saying the same thing. We'll have more updates about that, but definitely Axelar USDC will be there. Nice. Yeah, I understand. I mean, you guys, like I said, I appreciate you guys stopping by and shooting the shit with us, man. I appreciate it. And I'm, we're always here. I know uh, this is, you know, it's been an hour of your time, so I just appreciate, um, you know, being able to talk to you guys today. I'm sure the community enjoyed it. And, you know, uh, cheers, man. Take care. Good luck with everything. If, you know, I'm always here to help with, with whatever, whatever you guys ever need. So just, you know, feel free. I'm, my, my DMs are always open. At least I'm not a big Discord guy. But I will swing by from time to time. And, um, you know, my door is always open for you guys. appreciate your time. Awesome. Thank you. And right. thank you, everyone in the community that joined. All right, everyone. Have a good Sunday. Uh, Take care. If you want to join the Discord, uh, just go to the Say Network Twitter account, twitter.com slash Network. It's also the pinned message. And then the link there gives a link to all of our, our, all of our URLs and, and the Discord invite is there. All right, everyone. Have a good Sunday. Thanks, thanks, Dan. Take care. Hopefully, see you soon, man. I might run into you in Wisconsin sometime. <laughs> Take care, buddy. Oh uh, yeah, see you guys. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was the Cosmos Spaces Cosmos Potluck Sunday, featuring Psy Network, hosted by Cosmos Haas, recorded on Sunday, July twenty fourth, two thousand twenty two. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. They say rapping is the gateway, bringing home great pay. Checking that replay, sing along and we say nobody gives a fuck around my way. I make about three bucks for every thousand plays, so add it up and do the math on that. Financially speaking, why the fuck would anybody want to rap? But in this reality, the money comes from doing shows. But then where's the money go when you can't do the shows? I guess you could rap on Cameo. I've been asking all my friends if I can rap on the patio. Six feet, motherfucker, step the fuck back. Doing a little magic, pulling rabbits out the rucksack. Not everybody's always in it for the money. Looking like another crooked Sunday and I'm working Monday. So you know I ain't stressing, left debating great methods. Amazed to play Inception, the base state blessed. See, even with these huge sums of overall royalties, these sums of money that go to the record label per playback can seem insultingly small. Many rights holders are making around three quarters of a cent each time a fan listens to one of their tracks, leaving only some portion of that for the actual how to turn a profit, their future will always be in question. But, for now, investors see enough potential to continue to fund pennies, 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 Another day, another lesson, living in the eighth dimension, might be worth a little mention, living in the Great Depression, got a real regal feel, reeling in another sucker fish, out to make a deal, just to make a motherfucker wish. Aw, shit, now you only got two left. You know what I wish? We didn't have any loose ends. You know what I miss? Listening to excuses. Now we're on the fence, like we forgot how to choose. That's what happens when people don't know what's true In the dark eating bullshit up like a mushroom In the lunchroom just trying to laugh it off Meanwhile foaming at the mouth like a rabid dog Like a fake mate and call at the zoo It's looking like the view is getting disappointed too I'm working on the new shit, trying to produce it It's what I'm willing to go through when I'm making my music Yeah.
Spaces. <laughs>